श्रीला गुरुदेव पतित भगवान की जय श्री मन महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जय श्री श्री दाऊ जी गोपाल जी की जय गोर भक्त वृंद की to discuss about today mm-hmm. I have one sort of question from the last time from the last lecture mm-hmm. um, you quoted uh, or you read this quote that uh, was basically saying that we shouldn't keep the knowledge to ourselves mm. but uh, share it with others Mm. according to our understanding. Mm. So I was wondering, <coughs> because we also spoke the other day that the more we learn, the less we know, kind of. So it's kind of easy to just think like, I don't know anything, I don't have anything to give, and kind of like to be carried away this uh, little bit false kind of humbleness. So my question is that uh, when do we know that uh, we could or should share some of the knowledge. And the other question is that how could we encourage our God sisters and brothers uh, to share the knowledge as well, like in a kind and nice way? So two questions in one. First first one, well, basically first, uh, Haripriya was referring to one quote that we yesterday shared it was some there were some words from there was some Bhagavad verse we quoted that described uh, Devaki in the jail mm-hmm. and how she was already with Krishna in her womb and uh, that contrast was there the jail dark prison cave like and a totally effulgent lady with God himself in her womb, you know, like shining above everything. So there was one verse there, some analogy was given there by the Bhagavad, like the fire in a house. Viswanath Chakravarti Thakur was the one who expanded in the meaning and we quoted that. As a fire may be inside a house, and if you are looking the house from outside, you don't see the fire, you only see <coughs> the walls of the house. But if that fire eventually grows, you will see the fire, and you will no longer see the house at one point, <laughs> because it will burn it completely. So, and in the same way, Bhagavad says, a person who has some knowledge, but is not sharing what he she has, that knowledge eventually destroys its restrictor. So... That's an interesting point. When I say that, all of you are like, oh my God. <laughs> so again, we were speaking a little bit about the importance of, I mean, just to see that receive revealed knowledge, revealed sabda, brahma, unauthored sounds, <laughs> that's big commitment. Maybe we are not realizing that as much as we choose to remain there hearing, that's creating some... Uh, and something is expected from us, basically. It's not just, oh, Guru Maharaj, so, so nice what you are saying to me. 
<laughs> yes, too nice, but <laughs> he will wait something from you, and that he will say, okay, but now you do something with that in your life, and in doing something with that in your life implies eventually sharing that with others in some form of others, touching others' hearts. Mm-hmm. As once Guru Maharaj defined preaching, no? because many things can be saying about preaching. Some devotees may have a quite relative idea of preaching, just like expanding administrative units, basically. Ranga <laughs> Guru has given a nice substantial idea of preaching that means you are so immersed in your own practice that that at one point starts to overflow you and that sprinkles something, some other people nearby you. And that overflowing starts like to touch others. That's preaching. <laughs> like we played the other day. No? Achar and prachar. And, pro, uh, and proper prachar will nurture, of course, achar. But first, achar should be there. Some behavior sustaining what you are saying. So, uh, so on one side, first part of the question, well, before going to that, so it's a big commitment to get in touch with knowledge. Any type of knowledge uh, demands some type of commitment according to the type of knowledge. If we speak about the mundane knowledge, in this world it will be similar. No? We will receive some information. Knowledge is, uh, is a type of power. I mean, it's not just words. It's a tool, it's a weapon, <laughs> it's power that will enha- enhance you, enable you to do something one direction or the other. So. You, something is expected from us, especially when we speak about transcendental knowledge. Because we may say, okay, forgetting mundane knowledge, sometimes I have to pay a good sum of money in order to be properly educated in an academic sense or whatever. Or, but something is expected from you. If the teacher, the teacher is a real teacher, he she won't be expecting from you some payment. They will be expecting from you walk the talk, eventually. Even on, on relative terms, we want to speak about revealed knowledge, no? about the transaction that will be only heart-to-heart transaction, no pocket-to-pocket or brain-to-brain or whatever, some other part of the body. But Guru is sharing his heart, her heart, and that's the, 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 the currency. That will be used in the transaction. So, Guru is, is is giving himself to his disciples in the form of his teaching and his example. And naturally, he's expecting that his disciples become eventually as good as him, basically, ideally. <laughs> because if not, we can invoke this false humility that now we will approach in a minute. But no, Guru Maharaj is so high. Of course, we will feel that. <laughs> it's not that we are praying that oh, hopefully someday I will become, I will be just in the same. No, it's not the, <laughs> the prayer of the disciple, but that's, that can turn very easily into false humility and say, no, he's so high, I'm so falling, and, and very subtly you're creating this excuse that he's the, the redeemer of the fallen, and I will always be the falling, so, no, and it becomes a comfort zone. Or you just want to be saved, to receive mercy, but you are not very open to give that. So, the, the, the gift we are receiving will stay with us and will grow in us 
as much as we are willing to uh, incorporate incorporate that in us and incorporating that eventually become means spreading that in some form or other <coughs> so because that's what we are receiving no? I mean, we are receiving like the we spoke once last visit I think when we were analyzing in particular perspective the, I think the, it was fourth stroke of Gurastakam speaking about the different types of food <laughs> do you remember and, and, and also how Guru is sharing Mahaprasad with, with his disciples and this is also extending the idea going off away from the literal meaning but what the Guru is giving to us is his Mahaprasad I mean he's chewing Bhagavad Prahlad Maharaj says um, how this is chewing the chute Puna uh, Punapunacharvita Charbananam. Material life means you are chewing or that which has already been chewed. And devotional life is exactly the same. You are chewing what has been chewed, but someone who has been chewed that that means parampara. <laughs> they are not just swallowing like a like a duck. Duck and then you have to chew and you have to properly process and digest we have to become parrots but not just mere repetition but in the sense of Sukadev Goswami he was also a parrot but another type of parrot <laughs> he was like uh, eating the fruit and be- making it even sweeter so that means to chew what has been given in such a way that it increases mm-hmm. he, the fruit increases its sweetness that means parampara some people may think oh you have a parampara so so many uh, people in the mi- in the middle of this disciplic uh, like succession yeah um, maybe with time the message will be lost uh, originally it was something but it got diluted maybe after one and the other and the other but our idea is exactly the opposite each member of Parampara will add his her own particular chewing <laughs> and it's a chewing parrot like chewing that will make the fruit sweeter new insects will come there and we are we are receiving and when Sri Guru gives mantra gives Harinam gives Harikata he's giving the whole meal that the whole parampara has been feasting on for decades and centuries and millennia. And he's inviting us also, Pivatu Bhagavatam Rasamalayam. No, take this fruit. Well, in this case, he will say, drink this fruit, but there is some digestion process there also. No? So, but that's ex- the expectation. Mahaprabhu himself said that. No? Amaragyai Guru Handratara Idish. Say, I'm sharing this. I'm, I'm walking all, all around India speaking about Krishna and sustaining my kata with example but Jare Deka Tare Kaha Krishna Padesh he was saying to whoever he met Jare Deka to whoever you met Tare Kaha wherever you may be Krishna Upadesh just please instruct them about Krishna please do the, the highest charity of course we, we, are, we are not here only speaking about some type of again administrative expansion but natural compassion that comes from the heart of the Vaishnava preaching should be on that basis and compassion is a very important thing 
once Guru Maharaj was speaking about this, how compassion is, in this world, the highest uh, platform, if you will. In the spiritual world, maybe the lowest. Because in one sense, there is no one to be compassionate of. <laughs> or, in the context of the Lila, yeah, you can be compassionate of Krishna in many different ways, when he's experiencing suffering, separation from Sri Radha, Subhava will come with compassion for him, or vice versa, so many types of divine compassion. <laughs> but there is not the other type of compassion, if you will. So, But in this world, that's a, such a high thing, because it's so necessary. So we should really learn to be, to develop this universal sense of compassion that people like Prahlad Maharaj mentioned in his famous prayers to Nishin Hadev. At one point he mentioned this very similar idea to that of similar, not exactly the same, what the Buddhists say. I'm concerned about saving everyone, not so much about my own enlightenment. Of course, you have to understand that properly because strictly speaking, if we analyze it, it's more difficult, much more difficult to save yourself than to save others in one point. In the sense that we may also use this saving others, like, quote, as an excuse to not do the needful for your changing, your evolution. you follow? Because in the name of preaching, we are neglecting our own budget. And preaching shouldn't be an excuse to our budget, should be an an extra spice to our bhajan. So we should preach in such a way that is nurturing our bhajan. Uh, we should engage in our bhajan in such a way that it does not become an excuse to be compassionate, to be generous, to, uh, to be selfless, because sometimes that can happen. I'm so introspective and so focused in my inner world that actually it, all that is actually an excuse not to be, to go out of my own so I remember Thomas Merton once he mentioned that speaking about monastic life but he says uh, I cannot recall literally but basically he was saying like there are many dangers he was analyzing the many dangers in monastic life because there are many as in any other order of life <laughs> and basically what he was saying that the monastic who is not properly following his monasticism with the proper selfless spirit sacrifice for the community prayer, of course, but if he's not doing that properly, he may take all this order just as an excuse from self or self-centeredness. And everything will be revolving around him, and that was not the idea. So we should be really well, introspective and penetrating in our own case to, to really be maintain our honesty at every step. Because at every step of our progress, we may embrace some form of hypocrisy or hopefully some form of honesty. Those options will be there at every step of our progress till we get out of this world. <laughs> Even in highest stages, some chance to be hypocrite, hypocrite will be there in a very like, covert way, even so called devotional way, as we spoke very subtly. So. So yeah, we should get, we should know how to balance these two things. 
and uh, of course every person will be different, different natures. Some will be more inclined to the outreaching program, if you will. Some other will be much more introspective. But to be introspective, it doesn't mean there will be no preaching, because there are different types of preaching. For example, Srila Prabhupada was a very outgoing personality. Of course, he has his deep inner life as well. <laughs> and Srila Siddharmara, who is much more like, uh, how do you say? In introverted. introverted. No? But he was preaching also in a particular way for particular people. Maybe he was not conquering whole continents of newcomers, but he was conquering newcomers, <laughs> still newcomers, devotees, newcomer devotees, yes, some few years, and conquering them from another side. So complementary types of compassion are there. So each one should accommodate whenever one needs. Which preaching to give? Which preaching do we need to give? We can give at the present moment. Which preaching we can, we should receive at the present moment. We should always be attentive to that. Every stage it may change. Maybe five years ago you were inspired to give a type of preaching, to receive a type of preaching. Five years after, you will some inspiration will come for some change in that regard. But naturally, not like force. Okay, now it's ten years with the devotees. I should speak about Rasa Lila, <laughs> and I should whatever. No, not in that way. But naturally. And as Guru Maharaj once also spoke about Srila Siddhar Maharaj first, before jumping into higher subjects, we should be able to speak about very basic topics in a very deep way also. Not only speak about basic topics in a basic way, okay also, that can be, <laughs> but how to explain about material world like Srila Siddhar Maharaj was speaking about, I don't know, in subjective evolution of consciousness. You read that and your mind blows. Like... <laughs> His veranda in Mayapur, he practically never went out that area, and he traveled India, of course, but speaking about all the philosophies of the world and scientific developments, and with such a penetration and depth. Um, of course, if he wanted, he could go even deeper, but also he was able to know the capacity of the people, and from there, just overwhelm them. <laughs> so, going to the question. Yes, first question is, okay, for one side we feel ourselves, we should feel uh, humble, we should be humble, we should feel on some level that we do not know too much, because there, this is so, there is so much to know in this connection we spoke the other day, but also we should share this to others, you know? so it's important how to to apply this, this humility, you know, because again, we say... I don't, I don't know nothing, or I don't know too much, but again, in which context we are saying that? In the context of infinite possibility of knowledge and progress. And the point is that I will always be saying that. But again, it doesn't mean I won't say anything. Because we go again to this sutra of Vedanta that we are not still able to remember. <laughs> you can say never you can say anything about Brahman how was this sutra who must quote this thank you Vedanta say there is nothing that you can say about Brahman in the sense that whatever you say 
this university about Brahma, <laughs> infinite reality. But the idea is you can never say enough, but you have to try, we try to say as much as we can. That's our desperate attempt to get close to that reality and to make that reality close to others. So we have, something has to be said. It's not that I will sit in front of 200 people that are looking sincerely for truth. They want to know about the nature of consciousness as I will sit like for one hour without saying a word. I say, well, I didn't say anything because except I didn't ask that. Go, Hari, go. At some point is there, but we try to say something. <laughs> and again, as much as we try to say, the more we feel can be said about it. And we are thrown in this transcendental desperation and we will start gradually to feel, to get close at least to, to, to what Rupa Goswami was feeling, praying for thousands and millions of tongues and ears to be, proper, to be able to properly do justice to the nectar of holy name of Harikata. So, so in that sense we should express our humility. Again, as we said the other day, humility is not... I do not know nothing, I'm stupid, an idiot, do not ask me anything because I'm so fallen to another piece in Prabhu. No, it's not that. Humility means practical expression of that, so it doesn't mean you will speak more than what you know, or more than what you are what you are practicing, or more than what you are longing, because you may be longing something, you are not there for one hundred percent, but you sincerely are having that in, in your telescope. <laughs> so you can speak about that on some level, because there is some sincere longing there. So that's humility, because every, whatever you are saying, actually it's not yours, as we spoke the other day regarding Mangal Charan. We are praying, oh Krishna, please, let not me give the class. No. <laughs> you give the class for me. Joy Guru, they give you the class. Mahaprabhu, Sachinandan, all the personalities there. Use me as a puppet. This is what famous prayer of Prabhupada the Jaladuta. Oh Lord, make me dance and dance as you consider. Of course, he was really saying that really true. <laughs> and Krishna said, okay, let's dance. <laughs> and let's make many other dance. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so yes, we, we feel we don't know too much. But also, if we are realistic and humble, really humble, we realize realize humility includes gratefulness. So if I am humble, I will realize oh, so many gifts have came to me from the grace of Guru and Vaishnavas. It's there. I cannot deny that. I'm denying that is not humility. To say, I don't have any realization, I don't have any knowledge, I don't have anything good in my life. That's not, for most of us at least, that's not proper humility, no? <clears throat> if you are in an extreme, desperate, transcendental type of humility, like the one Bhakti Notakur described in, in Am- Amar Jivan, you know, this, this one, my life, it's now. <laughs> that's the title, it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, as we say the other day. But that's from a very particular, ecstatic, extreme perspective, you know, like getting a dar- such intense darshan of the infinite. We, we don't know what's that, no? Like, having the infinite here and you feel like on, on, on the shores of non-existence basically <laughs> you will feel so insignificant but at the same time ex- ex- 
ecstasy is there. I mean, it's not the Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I mean, the proper way to pacify him would not to say, Hey, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, eh, do not depress so much. You are a nice guy. <laughs> now, you wrote like 100 books and then he'll say, you, you don't understand anything. Oh, my God. Oh, like what Madhavendra Puri was living in this world and he pronounced this famous shloka, not praying to, to, to his Lord. He was praying in, des- in the state of separation, no? a very famous verse. You to say that the seed of what Mahaprabhu came to give was in that verse. Mahaprabhu himself said that, in one, in one way or another. <clears throat> so it is said that at that moment he was like lamenting. In the last moment of his deathbed, he was lamenting, Oh Krishna, no, I didn't have the opportunity to properly serve you. I'm so sad, my life has been like wasted in this like extreme humility. <laughs> and Ramachandra Puri appears there, you know, the famous Ramachandra Puri. All of us have a little bit of him inside of us, maybe. <laughs> So Ramachandra Puri can say, Oh Gurudev, do not lament like that. Why are you crying? You are just dying. You should be happy. You should think about Krishna. Shut and be happy, Gurudev. No. <laughs> and Madhavendra Puri, uh, Madhavendra Puri was at, not at all satisfied with that advice. You know, because he was saying that from a very uh, non-realized side. <laughs> so Madhavendra Puri rejected Ramachandra Puri as even. And, and at that point, Ramachandra Puri lost all, uh, like, basically insight and became who he was, criticizing everyone for what they were doing or for what they were not doing, but projecting that inside. So, so in this way, we should understand this type of lamentation, these types of humility, and be able to connect with our particular chapter now, <laughs> what's the proper type of humility. We said the other day, second verse of Sikshastana, what is the type of humility exhibited there? Mahaprabhu contrasts the, the wealth present in the holy name and his lack of attraction to it. Repent, remorse. No? A type of humility. Yeah. Healthy one, no neurotic one. Third verse, another type of humility. No? That takes Mahaprabhu to be more tolerant than the tree, more, sorry, humble than the tree, more tolerant than, uh, humble than, well, the tree is also humble, <laughs> more humble than grass, more tolerant than the tree, offering respect to others, not expecting respect from, from anyone. That's a higher level of humility. First is Trinada, Peace, and after that comes all the other things. You cannot be more tolerant than a tree if you are not more humble than a blade of grass. I mean, one begets the other. I want to speak of giving respect to everyone and not expecting any type of respect from others. Sometimes in life we are just acting, trying to control others' reactions toward us. We behave in such a way that the other will smile at my joke and will say, oh, you're a nice guy, or I will like that, they will like me. We are so, much, so many times calculating and trying like to control the others' reactions toward us. Yeah, you follow? So that's a type of expecting respect. No? Like like trying to manipulate the other person so they can serve me in the form of reciprocate, uh, in the form like I want, I like. 
is still trying to remain in control of the situation. So all this is implied in this third verse. So some humility is required. And fourth verse, higher type of humility. Mahaprabhu is saying, I'm not interested in anything from this world, even outer worldly attainment like mukti. With the other day say, humility is that thing which is absent when there is an enjoying spirit. So Himaprabhu is showing a very high non-enjoying spirit. I don't want to enjoy anything, even mukti. But big humility. <laughs> Instead of that, Janmani, Janmani, Shvare, Bhavatat, Bhakti, Rahai, Tukitvai. I want Bhakti, birth after birth, no matter when I'm born. Janmani, Janmani means I don't care where I we born and how many times I have to be born. I just want Bhakti. I just want to serve selflessly. Wow, you need humility to really pronounce that loudly to the world. <laughs> and in this way, fifth verse, Ajananda King Mahaprabhu said, I have fallen into this world. Oh, please, Lord, rescue me and situate me as a servant in Nanda Maharaja's house. As Guru Mahaprabhu explained, there, eternal identity started to appear. Type of humility there. Feeling oneself falling, sincerely falling into this world, extremely falling, in a sakti. <laughs> and at the same time, like the heart, heart is rocking with two rocking. It's like a boat in, in, in the ocean, like rocking between two sides. On one side, this desperate feeling, I'm so uh, undeserved, undeserving. undeserving of this. I'm so fallen. I am like realizing more and more how big this is, huh? how small I am. I'm so undeserving, but at the same time, Every time I remember hmm, the Lordship Sri Guru, such a hope comes. So I cannot have this in English, hope against hope. <laughs> so I, and eventually, between these two rocks, rockings, you know, like of the boat crossing the ocean of oh, despair and desperation, I'm so full, but hope, desperation, hope, desperation, hope. Mahaprabhu is speaking like this in this first verse. I've been falling into the ocean of this material world. He gave this example. Patitanam mam bishameva bambudo. I have been thrown there. Not because we fall from Vaikuntha. It's not the idea. <laughs> so I've used that for that. <laughs> but he feels. I'm falling this ocean. The waves are throwing me here and there. Patya vihina parada lakshai. But some hope is there. Please let me attain one position of service into the house of Nandamara. So eventually hope will will make the will win the the, the battle if you will, no? This despair will be totally captured by strong hope. But it's a humility is there. Well, next verse again, Nayanam Galadashudarya Mahaprabhu Mahaprabhu crying for how when will I cry? Something like this, no? Maybe tears are not coming, but he is crying for tears to come. Mm-hmm. Ours is a crying school, mm-hmm. as Guru Govinda Mara said once when he opened his Orissa mat. In the day of inauguration, he said, Today I'm opening a crying school here. That's an ashram. Learn how to cry for Krishna. Mm-hmm. And as they said the other day, Paraupabha Siddhanta used to say this 
we should cry for Krishna, we should cry for Krishna. Prabhupada himself said this, when you chant Mahamantra, it's like the genuine cry of the child who lost sight of his father. You have heard this famous description. So crying is there. And when someone asks Prabhupada Bhaktisanta, well, you say we should cry, but what if I cannot cry? Because not so easy, unless you have learned theater or something. You have some lemon, lemon on, on, or onion close by. <laughs> but if not, it's not so easy. So he said, well, if you cannot cry, well, you should cry because you cannot cry. <laughs> of course, this is not a show, no? Okay, let's cry because we cannot cry. But the crying is like inside. No? And if we are really crying, even one tear of that genuine crying is much more powerful than a kirtan with 100 jayas and 300 people jumping and dancing without such crying. <laughs> if we are in our bhajan kutir inside a wall, a wall like cr- very humbly crying for Krishna for mercy and one drop of blood, that's much more powerful than a whole army of kirtaniyas <laughs> doing kirtan mela for one week in a row, if you will, with all respect to that event. So Mahaprabhu is crying for crying this verse, no? but crying for a particular crying, like torrential rains coming from his eyes. No? Nayanam galadahashrudaya. No? When, when tears will come like rain to my eyes. And so many symptoms he's... No? Actually, he's asking for that type of bhav, that verse represents bhav. That type of emotion that gradually will eventually explode itself in different bodily symptoms. So he's desperately praying, begging for a particular type of feeling for Krishna. So that's the whole goal of sadhana, to reach that verse. I mean, that verse, sadhana, we have graduated from sadhana and we enter into bhava bhakti. It means we are really desperate for attaining a particular type of feeling for Krishna. So that's humility. There's humility. There's another type of humility. Maybe we cannot conceive that humility now, of course, <laughs> but somehow or other we should appreciate that. What to speak last verse of Sikshastana? Or last two verses, both of them are about Prem. Vipralamba Prem, Sambhog Prem. Love in separation, love in union. Seven verse, Mahaprabhu saying, in separation of Govinda, Govinda Viraha, Jugaitam Nimeshina, Chakshusa Pabrisaitam, Sunjaitam Jagatsarva. The world, whole world seems like a void. And each minute or second passes like a millennium. And tears come from my eyes like torrential rain. Because I do not see the object of my love. Where is he? Where is he? Like the Goswamis are depicted running around Brindavan asking, Oh Radha, oh Krishna, where are you? Where are you? Goswami never say, I see them. I have them. I catch them. They're saying, I didn't see them. Where are them? If they appear, they get out of my sight very quickly. That's the dynamics in, in the Sadaka Deha. You see the Deha, association is permanent. But Sadaka Deha is more connected with this Braha, this separation. Krishna appears, gives darshan, disappears. And you, as we said the other day, if you see Krishna, what must it be to stop seeing Krishna? <laughs> After seeing him, there is nothing else you will be satisfied enough with to see, unless him again. That was happened with Pariksimara from the womb. We spoke the other day. He got out of the womb. He saw Krishna in the womb. 
Krishna. I mean, he could see he couldn't see anything else apart from Krishna. He was examining each person. No, not Krishna. Not Krishna. <laughs> no, where is that person that I saw in the womb? Basically. And last verse of Sikshastra, Mahaprabhu in the mood of Sri Radha is exhibiting a high type of humility that is found in her. She is the goddess of humility. Between other attributes. And she's saying this, you know, this Krishna may do whatever he likes, as you know. He may he's a lampata, he's like a playboy as he is, he may behave whimsically as he considers, but he wants to give me darshan, let it be so. He does, he does want to deny my darshan, his darshan, no problem. I mean, my abhiman, my identity consideration is enthroned on his feet for service. I mean, he can do whatever he likes. It's at his life, and my life is just to love him. <laughs> so that's try to try to to see humility there. <laughs> So we can appreciate how all different levels of humility may unfold gradually. You know? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> but returning to our stage, no? let's return from Sambok Prema to the beautiful Anartani British stage, Anistita Bhajana Kriya. We should see beauty there. We spoke that, about that in Poland. <laughs> we should be like, oh, no, again back here. It was so nice there. <laughs> Actually, someone is. If we are not there now, it's because we are actually do not believe that it's so nice. Because if we really feel it's so nice, we will be there. <laughs> but if Krishna considers not to throw us there yet, it's him because he knows you won't be able to sustain that reality because it's so intense. <laughs> so much will be asked from you, and so much you will be receiving. But still, we have to learn some few lessons. As Guru Maharaj said, because of that, the deity is not speaking yet. When he considers the moment, he will, they will abandon their, like the, the Mona brat. <laughs> and they start discussing from different things. But they're there. Speaking from other points of view, other perspectives, they are orchestrating a more our lives. Eventually, it will become more and more explicit. So yes, in regarding preaching, regarding sharing the message, we should be humble, of course. Humility should not stop our preaching, no? because an excess of false humility, or, oh, I'm so falling, I won't speak to anyone, that's not right. But also we shouldn't be, I know I will preach and conquer the world, and in the name of doing that you lose all your humility on the path. <laughs> so that can happen also. <laughs> I have seen all the varieties of, of examples. No? Starting from myself, <laughs> so we should know how to regulate all that. No, I mean, when you are preaching, you are not conquering. I mean, you, tr- you are trying to conquer your own world, as you spoke the other day. The, the person who is giving harikata is the, the main one who is reaping, reaping, no, like receiving some benefit. So one will feel I am speaking here for my purification first, not like a selfish act also. We should be careful. I will. I want to give many classes. Only me, so I get more, more purification of everyone. It will be purified, but secondarily, I will. I want. I, I am so full. I need that. If you really feel you need that, okay. But let's see if you need that. So many mixtures can be there. But the idea is that I am preaching because 
Preaching means kirtanam and shravanam or bhakti or ikata, invoking Krishna in the form of his message, purifying ourselves, getting some taste. As the Bhagavatam says, Tushti Pushti Shukdapa Yonugasam Bhakti Pareshan Ubhavu Virakir Jatra Chaisatri Kayutakara Prapadi Manasya Jatasmitasyus Tushti Pushti Shukdapa Yonugasam We should measure our progress with this well-known analogy. When we are eating, three things happen simultaneously. Which are those three things? Maybe some other things as well may happen. A cat may be close to the place and some other thing, but what three unanimous things are happening when you are eating? Yeah, that's the last one. Uh, and in the verse, no? according to the verse. Tusti, pusti, payo, Tusti, satisfaction, pusti. Pusti means like nourishment. And Kshudapayo Nugasam is hunger is eradicated. No? You, no? Satisfaction is like the taste when you are eating. Oh, some taste is there. Oh, today is Yamasundar's pasta cake. Oh, halava was nice. <laughs> taste. Also, pushti. You feel some nourishment, some strength coming. If you are hungry, weak, some strength coming on, through that by hunger is being eradicated. All the three things are happening simultaneously with each morsel of food. Yeah? You follow the analogy? In the same way, Bhakti Parishanu Bhakti say the scripture, where you will receive insight from your practice, you will receive power, inspiration, determination, steadiness, and you will receive Virakti detachment from that which is not nourishing and delicious <laughs> so those things should be happening at the same time so preaching what we are speaking has to do a lot with all these things some taste some enthusiasm some face nourishment also some proper detachment yukta viraga should be there so we should engage in preaching as much as we can but again, preaching can take so many forms. It doesn't mean, okay, tomorrow we go all of us with the collection of Srimad Bhagavatam to conquer uh, Liberia. <laughs> Whatever. It may take many forms. Many forms. But the idea, the principle is deliver, uh, share the gift. I mean, be generous, be compassionate, extend the grace to others. As much as they are able to receive that, as much as you are able to deliver that, Many considerations should be there not to engage in ninth Nama Parad as well. <laughs> no, because in the name of preaching also we may we may only want it to again another form of controlling the situation. I want to convince you, I want to impose my belief, I want to be right, I want to no. once Guru Maharaj was speaking about that very nicely also. Like sometimes people in the name of preaching they say, We want to conquer the whole world. And everyone will become Krishna consciousness. But actually what they are saying or implying is, uh, I need all of you to become her devotees, so my weak faith becomes somehow convinced, convinced that I'm in the right place, because all of you are also doing what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So sometimes preaching can be that I need to convince you because I'm I'm myself and not so convinced. No? So chant Hare Krishna. Do this. Do the, oh she's doing oh so I'm right. I'm in a good place, proper place. That has nothing to do with compassion. <laughs> not even to the other, not even to yourself. <laughs> so proper compassion should be a background for for nat- naturally for for preaching. On some level, again, for that type of preaching, highest types of preaching, maybe had to do with other elements. You know, where, I don't know, Mahaprabhu was in the Gambira with Roy Ramananda, Sarup Damodar. They were res- reciting Gita Govinda, Vidyapati, Chandida, these high Rasik books, Lila Grant, esoteric poetry. There was no such like, there was again another type of compassion, if you will. No? They were Lalita and Vishaka trying to help Krishna to taste rather bad. So, okay, some compassion there, but not the compassion we know here. So, also when the devotees are <coughs> in advanced stages, they will share some type of preaching. Katayantascha mamnicham tusantichara mantichara Sri Krishna Bhagavad Gita. They will nurture each other. So, nurturing also has to do to relish Harikata eventually for relishing and, and relishing not in a mundane way because when we hear enjoy the light relish it's like oh I don't know maybe some ice cream is coming <laughs> relish regarding Harikata relish regarding Krishna Lila first we should be properly disciplined educated so when some particular topic comes you will connect to the proper mood that the topic is presenting and inside of you you relish something in, in the mood of serving that relishing that's the point relishing in the mood of service that's what the advanced devotees are doing also in Harikata so the second question was Hari Priya sorry how can we ah, inspire with God brothers God sister well well first of all by doing that ourselves course <coughs> and again what does it imply to do it ourselves no? again for preaching you have to practice <laughs> so it's interesting like tactic okay I will inspire others for, for preaching okay but first I have to preach myself okay but for, for preaching I have to practice myself okay <laughs> so a lot of implications are there it's not a cheap thing it's not that I will give a class now and I will use some like charismatic uh New Age strategy to inspire all of you. So we have to distribute the books, and we have to give the message, and we have to save the world. And they are, I made it. I inspire <laughs> all of you to preach. Maybe, but hopefully, but <laughs> from which side? <laughs> but yes, we should inspire. We should inspire each other to, to preach in, in, in all the necessary levels. The, the, the idea will be that, no? The, the Vaishnava is an ocean of mercy. It means wherever he is, she is, they will be willing to, to pour mercy. In different cases, to a Vaishnav, to a newcomer, to a dog, to a whatever, cockroach, or <laughs> no? I mean, some form of other. How could to connect that entity with Krishna consciousness? Directly, indirectly, so many forms are there, no? So, but that's the overflowing of compassion. That's a great exercise not to become selfish or self-centered in our practice because 
a, a, an overdose of introspection may end in that. It may end in us being just selfish. We're concerned about ourselves, even in the community life. I mean, you can be so much in the, your own bubble that you are not able to perceive what the others are feeling, what they need, how to nurture their process. That should be also part of our brotherhood, sisterhood. You know, if I'm living with some devotees, I should get to know them. Maybe we, we won't become the best friends of Gaudiya Vaishnav history, but <laughs> we won't be Narottam, Srinivas, and Shyamananda, but we have a Shyamananda here. We may try. <laughs> so, but we have tried as much as we can. No? I mean, if I'm living with three, four, ten, whatever, one other people, I, ha- I have to try to develop my link with that person as much as it is possible. Because that's my, my commitment to the to the ideal of Sadhu Sangha. And not in a forced way, no? but with Krishna in the center and trying to inspire each other and complement and learn with our differences. So that's the most sweet, bittersweet <laughs> test in community life. No? I mean, but it's very important. No? Community life is to take out you out from the comfort zone. We were actually saying that the other day. Sadhu Sangha doesn't mean comfort zone. Know it for right. Of course, not the other extreme of uncomfort zone and that you are driving mad. No, so some sustainable, like no? <laughs> thing that makes keeps you moving. So we should be in this spirit of sharing the teacher, the teaching. Bhakti Nautakur himself did say that he was walking on the veranda of his house <laughs> at the evening, as he was like preaching to himself. No, <laughs> he was pondering questions, and questions came, and he answered the question and summed up, like, and, and walking for hours, and like and when he was traveling in in the in the train from one place to the other, he was looking at the fields on the window of the train and started like to preach to the fields. So <laughs> it was like overwhelming, no harikata coming from from his himself, no so. Not to imitate, but to become inspired. Know how to apply that inspiration into my present condition, and and, and that's really tough, no? Because you say, okay, I have to preach. I will. I want to preach. I, I, I should be preaching to everyone and everywhere. Pramahaprabhu. But when you try to do that, how to do that? Not in a fanatical way. Not in a sensitive way. Not in a whatever way. Humbly, compassionate. Oh, that's not so easy. <laughs> We may take time, and, and that's how we get qualified as preachers. It's not just I will learn 108 mantras from such book and I'm a preacher. It's not some formulaic thing that I know what to say and after that what to say. As Guru was saying the other time, sometimes that's the way that they have this idea okay, preaching is I will sit and okay, we are in Kali Juve, we are fallen souls, but in this age, Mahaprabhu has came with the highest fantasy. Hare Nam, Hare Nam, Hare Namai, okay, oh, Hare Krishna, preaching. Okay. <laughs> the function is, has been approached. Prashad Giza. Not criticizing, you know, there's, there's something there, but we, we know preaching has so many again, layers and levels of necessity. So, and the gopis themselves, who are the greatest preachers, the greatest kirtanias, if you will, they are saying this famous verse, Tabat katam vritam tapta jivanam. Hmm? 
ಕವಿವಿರೀದಿತಂ ಕಲ್ಮಸಾಪಹಂ ಶ್ರಾವಣ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಶ್ರೀಮದಾಥತಂ ಭೂಮಿಗ್ರೀನಾಂತಿಜೇ ಬುರಿಧಾರ್ಜನ್ನ this famous verse of the gopi gita gopis dying separation of krishna but they are not able to stop speaking about krishna as you know <laughs> so for themselves they want to die but the song of krishna takes them back to life so they say tabagatamritam tapta jeevan oh this song of yours gives life to all living entities your kata tabagatamrita is like amrit like in mortal nectar who gives life back to every jeeva tapta jeevan ಕಾವಿವಿರೀದಿತಂ ಸಲ್ಮಕಾಸ್ ಬಟ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರೇಸ್ ಬೈ ಹೈಗೆಸ್ಟ್ ಪೋಯಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಸುಪ್ರೀಮ್ಲಿ ಸ್ಪೀಷಸ್ ಟು ಹಿಯರ್ ಶ್ರಾವಣ ಮಂಗಲಂ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಆತಂ ಹಸ್ ಸುಪ್ರೀಮ್ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಚುವಲ್ ಪೋತನ್ಸಿ ಆರ್ ಲೈನ್ ಐ ವಾಂಟ್ ಟು ಗೋ ಲಸ್ ಒನ್ ಬೂಬಿ ಗ್ರೀನಾಂತಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಕಥಾ ವಿತ್ ಆದರ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ದರ್ಸನ್ಸ್ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ಎಂಗೇಜ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಟಾಪ್ ಮೋಸ್ಟ್ ಟೈಪ್ ಆಫ್ ಚಾರಿಟಿ in this earth we know of no one as charitable as someone who is sharing harikata so that's it upakar which is called para upakar kar means activity or to act upakar means like high activity like some pious action some charity but para upakar means like this top one charity there and that's sharing harikata with others preaching maybe i don't like the word preaching to be sincere <laughs> in the sense that it has been so much like mixed with like preconceived ideas that we see preaching and phew, some evangelical campaign camps there in mind and, but well you can see however you, it fits you the best <laughs> but the idea is we are sh- actually we are extending our heart to others we are trying to be as compassionate as we can so I think between God brothers and sisters we should be be able to do that by our own example I mean Guru Mahesh is preaching in, in a particular way now of course giving Kata to us write, absorbing writing for so many years he was in another mood of preaching but he was always in some form or other in this mood of sharing his heart at the same time introspectively simultaneously these two currents were there so we should be able also to that will nurture our practice that's very important oh no understanding the daily dynamics most of you may have children house work and it's different dynamics but it doesn't mean you cannot be compassionate to others it means it doesn't mean you cannot meet people on the path most probably you meet more people than any of the ones living in the ashram <laughs> so one point <clears throat> but again it doesn't have to do with expanding administrative units and let's become big and have more temples and more attached to a number of quantity but <clears throat> but if there is some comp- healthy compassion naturally that would that will be there no? the tendency of of Krishna of love itself is to grow to expand that's the nature of love in Vrindavan everything grows in love at each second as we say the other day Krishna becomes more beautiful Brajavas has become more dedicated at each blinking of the eye so everything is expanding growing so actually what we call preaching is an expansion of love I mean it's just the same current that is going on in Vrindavan 
of course, expressing itself in a different way because they they do not need to preach to anyone in one in the way we need to preach here. <laughs> but it's an expansion of the current of love. It's an extension of what he has it has come to us. And when you give that to others, oh, that grows so much in you. At least in my personal experience, I I I can say that. And it's not my merit or something, but the grace of Parampara and Vaishnav that have given me that chance and instruction, preach. Okay. <laughs> and I, I have felt so many nice things while preaching on so many occasions. Right. And, and also mainly while seeing the people that were receiving and you feel, oh. Some, I, I remember I'm seeing the faces of you all. Also. <laughs> uh, one is speaking and, and one is, you are participating by only by your face you are creating so much Udipan no? stimulus for the one who is speaking. <laughs> and I remember once Guru Maharaj at, I think it was at Audaria, or maybe Sarasvati, no problem. Guru Maharaj told me, he emphasized to me that the potency of giving Siksha. No? Because we were speaking about Diksha and and I say Guru Maharaj personally because some devotees, good brothers of mine at the time, were giving diksha. I say personally, I, I don't feel really, of course, qualified for that. But also, I don't feel like attracted to that. I don't feel that identify with that function. That's what I said yesterday. At least at the moment, I don't want to sound false humility, but I want just to share that. But I feel really much inspired regarding siksha, like trying to share the teaching with the world. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, I mean. He became like passionate. <laughs> like, you just focus on giving siksha. You will become so qualified by only limiting yourself to give siksha. You will be qualified more for giving siksha than for giving diksha. He started to speak in those level. <laughs> he is the giving diksha as well, no? <laughs> but he tried to make a point, no? So by giving siksha, so much power will come. You know? Like, like meaning. Your practice will be so much nourished. You know? Krishna will be there seeing, oh, you are sharing myself in the form of Harikata to others. You are extending myself to others. Oh, I have to give you more. No, give you more. I give you more. <laughs> and as much we want to share, Krishna will be like feeling more and more. No? That's what Prabhupada's prayers is all about in the Jaladuta. No? He added this I want to give in this measure. I know what my Guru Maharaj wants. Hmm? So please, fill me with that measure. Okay. <laughs> so he, he was filled in that measure. He was able to share everything he received. And that's a nice exercise. Whatever comes to us, we share that. We are not just taking something for us and giving. No. But preaching actually is an exercise of self-sacrifice. It's whatever has come to my life, extend that to you. I don't, do not, nothing remains with me. Nothing in one sense, but Krishna is feeling so much, so much. So that's the nature of love. No? Like you are giving, giving, full of yourself, but at the same time feeling, I'm satisfied. More can be attained. So in this exercise, Krishna is feeling you more and more and more, and you share more and more and more. Till which time, till which some time will come, as Guru Maharaj said once, that you will be speaking so much about Krishna. You are so full, full with you. No? <laughs> he's, he's feeling you so much and you are sharing so much and you're speaking so much about him that he will shut your mouth and say go to the Nitya Leila you're speaking too much about me here 
<laughs> like, and I like that example because that's an example of you are attaining the spiritual world by preaching, basically, by saying too much in the proper way of the sense. So it's a, it's a form of, I mean, you attain perfection through kirtan. Now, kirtan is a limb, mainly bhakti, and preaching, what we call preaching, is actually kirtan. I like to speak more about kirtan, harikata, because that's what it's about, actually. So, I don't know, some words, hopefully, I'm inspiring all of you, good brothers, good sisters, to, <laughs> to try to, whatever. And I know that Gurmash likes that also, no? because we may say, no, now Gurmash is in a different stage, he has semi-retired himself, he's in his cottage writing, so we should do the same. No. <laughs> no, you have to follow the footsteps of your guru, not to imitate him. No. So, uh, but he he's very willing to preach. I was speaking to him recently, many occasions that he said, he said, okay, of course I'm 70 years now, <laughs> different dynamics are there, but I'm not against expansion and preaching and new devotees. I would like that. He told me, it's not that I'm against that, and I will like and. And of course, I felt I, I, I realized he was trying also like to indirectly say, "Help me with that." Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. thank you. And, and I'm extending the idea. Help me with that also. <laughs> Help me. I mean, so because we we may also sometimes over identify with one aspect of the guru and, and miss some other aspects that are also there and are necessary and are complementary and maybe very much helpful for our stage in practice, no? especially. So I think this, the sharing of the teaching is a very engaging activity. Tilasir Maharaj compared that to the this, the activity in Bhakti that requires the most absorption. He spoke mainly about writing. He said writing about Krishna is the highest type of seva because you have to be really in it. There's no chance of your mind going somewhere else. You have to really absorb yourself. And as an extension of writing giving harikata is a, is a form of you have to really be there you know? and you have to really be walking your talk because if not won't touch the heart you may touch the intellect of some you may touch the pockets of some others you said everything I wanted to hear I'm so pleased one touch you oh thank you <laughs> we want to touch the other's heart no pocket no head Maybe it goes through the pocket and the head, but it must end in the <laughs> in the heart. No, so for that we should have a feeling for what we are doing and saying. No? So that's a very like um, comprehensive exercise. So it's nice that between the sangha there is some inspiration to do that. No, I mean in such a way that is nurturing your practice. That should be the like the measure units of measurement. No? So the rest, the details of how to do that, how to apply that in local, that you have to solve that. No, yeah, it's but some general idea of how to proceed with this. Okay. Okay. You wrote like 108 pages, please. <laughs> so hopefully it's okay. <laughs> okay, I think we can end here. So.
श्रीहारी कथा की जाय गुरुदेव पति तपवान की जाय श्रीमान महाप्रभु की जाय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जाय श्री दाऊ जी गोपाल की जाय गौड़ भक्त वृंद की जाय गौड़ प्रेमान